0: Last summer, Jose Carlos Zamora's wife and kids went to his parents' place in Guatemala during their school holidays. Everything seemed normal.
1: I called them when they arrived. My father told me they were having fun, and they were excited to, to have them there.
0: His father, Jose Ruben Zamora is one of the most prominent journalists in Guatemala and has spent his career facing threats and harassment for his investigative work. And in that phone call last July, Jose Carlos heard that danger in real time. —
1: As I was talking with my father, I heard my mother's voice. She was running toward him, and I heard her say, they are coming in. There are people on the roof, and they are coming into the house. —
0: It was a police raid, But over the phone in Miami, there was little Jose Carlos could do.
1: I called my wife. I told her, hide the children in a closet and prepare yourself for when they come in.
0: Jose Ruben Zamora was arrested that day on charges of money laundering. His supporters and his son say it's political. Now, a possible 40-year sentence is looming. So with an election in Guatemala, barely two weeks away, what does José Rubén Zamora's arrest signify for Guatemala's crackdown on dissent? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. I'm talking to José Carlos Zamora about his father, José Rubén Zamora who we'll call Mr. Zamora in this episode. His son, Jose Carlos, is a journalist as well, and he lives in the U.S., in Miami. So, Jose, your father has been in jail for more than 300 days, nearly a year. But take me back to the night of July 29th, 2022. Who was it that stormed into the house? Who was on top of the roof?
1: It was the police, the police and the public ministry, So they came in. They are still always very aggressive. my children and wife were there. They came in, they stormed through the house. They went to their room. My wife managed to take pictures and send them to me. They took my father away to the courts where he spent the first weekend in prison. Everything was a show of force. My father is a 66-year-old journalist who would have gladly showed up to any hearing if they would have called him. Mm -hmm. But they showed up with over 20 police patrols and and heavily armed police forces with AK-47s. Wow. And uh, they wanted to send a message and an example to, to all journalists in Guatemala that doing journalism is a crime.
0: Yeah. What should we know about your father?
1: Well, my father is a journalist. He's one of 50 world press freedom heroes. His work as an investigative journalist and the editor of the Guatemalan newspaper, El Periódico, is recognized worldwide. And I thank you with our hearts for this award. It has provided us with a kind of life insurance a bit of immunity and the courage to continue to fight for the right of all Guatemalans have to a free and independent press. Throughout his career, he has been attacked and persecuted by different Guatemalan administrations. And uh, most recently, he has been unjustly imprisoned for really for speaking truth to power, for denouncing corruption in the administration of president alejandro yamatei during the first 144 weeks of yamatei's administration him and the newspaper published 144 investigations about corruption in the yamatei administration an investigation against Alejandro Yamatei, Guatemala's current president, over allegedly paying bribes to secure a docile legislature. Miguel Martínez, presunta pareja sentimental del presidente Alejandro Yamatei, habría amenazado de muerte y extorsionado por casi medio millón de
0: quetzales. José says his father's arrest is part of a broader pattern.
1: President Yamatei has been systematically attacking all democratic institutions in Guatemala since his administration started. Not only has his government been corrupt like previous administrations, he has added repression to his government and he has persecuted anybody whom he considers a critical voice or opposition and especially anybody who had any involvement in fighting corruption. The highest profile judges, prosecutors, activists, and my father.
0: Wow. But Jose, President Alejandro Yamate's government says they've arrested your father for money laundering. Here's Rafael Curuchiche. He's the government's special prosecutor against impunity. I want to make it clear that the arrest has no relation to his capacity as a journalist, but for possible money laundering as a business owner. Where does that charge of money laundering come from?
1: Well, it's a fabricated case. What it's interesting about all these repressive regimes all over the world, from the Philippines to Russia to Venezuela, Nicaragua. El Salvador and and Guatemala, is that they have become more sophisticated in their attacks against journalists and freedom of the press. Mm -hmm. Before, they had uh, basically two tactics. They would do these massive defamation campaigns against journalists because they know that the only asset a journalist has is her or his credibility. The other tactic was death threats harassment, kidnapping, assassination attempts, and assassinations. Throughout his career, my father experienced all of those threats. But at some point, these regimes discovered and realized that killing journalists comes at a very high price in terms of international pressure. And because they control all of the branches, really what we have in Guatemala is a democratic facade. The executive controls the judiciary and they realize that when they do have that power, they can use the law to persecute journalists.
0: What do we know now about what the conditions are like where your father is being held in prison? He
1: is not in a good place.
0: Authorities have kept journalist Jose Ruben Zamora imprisoned in a tiny solitary confinement cell.
1: They have him in a small cell, 23 hours a day in isolation. It has very little light. It's a really cold and humid space. And maybe it's two by two or two by three room. And it's definitely not a nice place also. There's a lot of psychological warfare, so sometimes they cut the water for a week or two. They do like raids at night with dogs where they come into his tiny cell and turn everything around. So it's it's been it's been difficult. The guards are really good and professional and they have been good to my father, but they also have cameras all over the place. So whenever they have noticed that he has a relationship with them, they change them or tell them not to be nice and kind to him.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that. Even so, after a court hearing in December last year, Mr. Zamora told reporters he's tried to stay positive, despite these conditions.
1: In the beginning, I got angry. And for two weeks, I didn't eat anything, neither I drink. I lost 22 pounds. But today, I'm strong. I'm doing exercise every day, even if it's a limited space. But I do a lot of exercise, and I'm feeling robust. I'm feeling fine.
0: Just last week, the arm of the government that's prosecuting the case against your father asked the court for his sentence to be 40 years. Based on how the legal process has gone so far, are you concerned that he might actually get that sentence?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's uh, truly excessive in one of Guatemala's, like, most iconic corruption cases, uh, when a president and his vice president were in prison because they were involved in really heavy corruption. This entity asked for a 30-year sentence. So to see this sentence for a case that was fabricated is incredible. And it goes back to the message they want to send. For my father, he's 66, 40 years in prison is a life sentence. They haven't been able to prove anything because there isn't really anything to prove. He's innocent. So the fact that they don't have anything against him and that they asked for 40 years, it's surreal. But I think they will uh, convict
0: him. After the break how Guatemala's upcoming election might also play into Mr. Zamora's arrest. On the Inside Story podcast this week, international aid agencies say Palestinians in occupied territories are facing a deepening humanitarian crisis. Why is their situation worsening? Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Since coming to power in 2020, human rights organizations say that Guatemalan President Alejandro Yamate has worked to block and dismantle anti-corruption investigations in the country. Among the corruption allegations that exist are bribery allegations against Yamate himself, including one he's believed to have taken from a Russian businessman in exchange for a dock in one of Guatemala's biggest ports. Yamate can't run in Guatemala's elections later this month because the country's constitution only allows one term for president. But many believe he's taking steps to make sure that anti-corruption efforts against him and his allies will never take root in the country again. The election is something I asked Jose about. So Jose, all of this is happening simultaneously with an election coming in Guatemala later this month. There have been opposition candidates who have been disqualified, including the front runner. What is the atmosphere around the election right now?
1: Well, I think it's terrible because just like uh, they have persecuted uh, judges and prosecutors and activists and journalists, now they are persecuting any candidate that seems to have a chance that isn't their party or one of their allies.
0: Guatemalan judges have now banned four opposition presidential candidates from participating in elections. Now, these judges made this ruling after a political rival alleged irregularities during the nomination process.
1: The progressive organization, Movimiento por la Liberación de los Pueblos, or Movement for the People's Liberation, whose candidates have been excluded from the process without legal grounds, says that both the courts and the electoral authority are co-opted. And that is really terrible news. We'll see what we'll see what happens.
0: Is your father's newspaper still reporting on it? Uh,
1: well, unfortunately, El Periódico had to cease publication on May 15.
0: The last edition of El Periódico had just one line. We say no to power. 1996 to 2023.
1: The government started harassing anybody who would advertise in the paper. And that's really the core of the business model behind the newspaper. So at the end, every day there was less income and more persecution. And the the only reasonable thing to do was to, to close. It's terrible for Guatemalans who have lost information and will be in a darker place since the periódico shutdown.
0: Yeah. Your father, of course, isn't the only person trying to uncover corruption in the country. There are others, judges, prosecutors, activists in jail right now. And though President Alejandro Yamate isn't running for re-election, do you think that your father's process is proceeding at the rate that it is because of the election?
1: I think so. I think uh, generally one of these processes in Guatemala uh, lasts an average of 10 years. And my father's process has been a record-breaking process. From the moment they arrested him to now, it has been almost 11 months, and they will uh, convict him in, in record time. And I think the reason why they want to do that is because the government knows they have total control of the system right now. And even if their allies win on June 25th, they know they will lose control, at least total control. And that's why they are doing this so fast. They want to ensure that it happens while they are still in full power.
0: Mm. What do you think the international community can and should do about your father's case and others like it?
1: I think they need to pressure the Guatemalan government. I think they need to denounce it more and more often. I think they need to put sanctions in place, stop any collaboration, and especially funds that are directed to Guatemala. And ultimately, I think it's very important for them to ensure that when Alejandro Yamate ends his term that he can't flee Guatemala and spend the rest of his life in retirement, spending everything he stole from Guatemalans in another country. I think that's really important. And I would add that in terms of the U.S., it's interesting to see from one side The US has been very supportive of freedom of the press and strengthening democracies all over the world. But at the same time, when it comes to dealing with governments south of of the border, they sometimes look to the other side when it comes to all these violations uh, to democracy and, and freedom of the press, because their main concern is migration, and they want to stop migration In the short term, migration will never stop.
0: Hmm. You know, Jose, you wrote an opinion piece for the Washington Post not too long ago about your father's case. And in it, you explained that his work has been recognized around the world for making a difference in Guatemala. But it's come at a cost, and that cost for your family has been car explosions, raids, kidnappings, death threats, assassination attempts, when you keep all of that in mind, has this work been worth it? And do you think your father would think it's been worth it as well?
1: I think it's worth it. I think he thinks it's worth it. And that's one of the reasons why I admire him so much. He has been willing to pretty much uh, risk everything in his life to stand up for what he believes in, to stand up for his principles and convictions. And those are doing journalism as public service and using it as a tool to improve the country and strengthen democracy. And I think it's definitely worth it.
0: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ashish Malhotra and Chloe K. Lee, with Amy Walters, Nagin Oliai, David Enders, Sonia Bagat, Miranda Lynn, Khalid Sultan, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Tim St. Clair mixed this episode. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Nay Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back tomorrow.